Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. you on the dork forest if you ever want to dork out about anything. Absolutely, sure. Like shutters? I, like, I'm look at the shutters like, behind you. I'm only, like, uh, halfway dork on a lot of stuff. Like, I know I'm familiar with many dork things, but I'm not fully into them because I have commitment issues, so. Uh, oh, fair enough. And uh, as as the, as the pre-production document says, pick one to five things so okay. that we can just we can meander the world of all the things oh, that, that you like, like fun. that you're enthusiastic about just a little like bit. Fun. Oh, and by the way, this podcast has already started. I'm going to use all this because that will happening? work as a plug. <laughs> this will oh, work right. as a plug at the top. Hi, oh, everybody. Yeah. You're listening to the three questions with our new uh, cold open attempts. <laughs> Pretty great, huh? <laughs> really catches you by surprise. Uh, pulls you right in. Uh, I'm Andy Richter, and I'm talking today with the very, very funny um, comedian, world traveler, Midwesterner, uh, Jackie Cation. Hi. Hello, and welcome to... I feel welcome. Thank you for good, having good, me. Good, good, yes. uh You're from Wisconsin, right? I am. Are there many Armenians in Wisconsin? There's a good uh, uh, three to six hundred, I would say. My brother knows all of them. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's. Uh, I just talked to him and he was saying how he went to Chicago to visit a factory. Guy likes factories, my brother yeah. Russ. And, uh, <laughs> and the Armenian church in wherever he was outside of Chicago uh, was right across the street from his, um, from the factory. And the guy said, oh, do you know the, the, priest and my and russ was like and so i rattled off the guy's entire family name and it felt like the end of a movie where it's like how did you get this job well you know my mother's name is ellen and you're like your mother's name is ellen my mother's name is ellen <laughs> and so my brother's always working the angle of, yeah yeah yes um when you came out here and uh to this being one of the most armenian places in the country was it so was weird it, was it, was it the weird weirdest the weirdest. I was like, for a long time, I counted how many Armenians uh, I would meet a day. Yeah. Yeah. Because I literally, in Wisconsin, everybody thought it was a Baltic swordfish. And <laughs> so I'd be like, I'm Armenian. And they're like, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, and it sounds good with uh, garlic butter, I bet. <laughs> and, but the, the crazy thing is, is so I, there would be the guy at, who changed my oil, the woman at the bank, yep. the the barista, the restaurant. You know, there were so, and people would say you're Armenian and I would have to say Wisconsin Armenian. We've yeah, already yeah. melted. We've melted. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can do yeah, that, food and church. That's what I was going to say. Eyes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. I bet it's like you feel so not Armenian well, around I, them. 
Right, because uh, I felt the most Armenian, and uh, and then I moved out here, and I'm like, I, I would. What was the line? I would say, look deeply into my eyes, and I'll sell you a rug, and in the hopes <laughs> that they would literally shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, I'd once did a benefit at, for essentially, uh, it was it was one of those fake like plant a tree in Armenia. Yeah. But it was really stick a tree up the ass of Azerbaijanis. Yeah, yeah. And I just said, oh, okay, I'll do a benefit for Armenia. And then I read the paperwork, uh, like there was a brochure uh, at the at the benefit. And I was like, no, no. For the cause. No, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And so, and it was, I had to, I went to Barbara over at Flappers and I was like, both of us need to do a little more research. Uh, and because I'm not. A, I've, was it I for was, buying guns or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And for so, arming, yeah. Right, for arming the Armenians. And the thing is, is I, I was not. There are two branches of the Armenian church, much like every culture in the world. This yeah. joke works for every culture. Uh, an Armenian man was stranded on an island. The first thing he did was build two churches. So there was one that he could didn't have to go to and he could be angry at or whatever. That's yeah, yeah. the that's the premise and joke right Right, sure and so we i was raised in the non-political casual church of the armenian apostolic you know very non-tashnak and yeah is the and so whatever asked me someone asked me to be political about the armenian situation i say what my dad always said is like am i moving back I'm surrounded <laughs> by political things that needs that need fixing all around me in this yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't fix their problems as well. We're yeah. And- I do I do love because uh, I'm I live in Burbank, but I'm but it, it, you know it's like the the diaspora has oh. has blanketed this area, <laughs> and uh, and I actually really uh, love it because I love. Being around, it was sort of like when I when I was in Chicago, and there'd still be little pockets of really creepy Germanness, <laughs> like re- like people that like really strongly still were a, a German identifying, and bars that like when you walk in, and I look like you know the fucking Pillsbury Doughboy in a blonde <laughs> wig, and I still get the look, I still get the like eh, foreigner. Who are you? You know, <laughs> um, but I do love and I mean, the Armenian stuff isn't it, it. I just love being in a culture that's so strong and being held on to so much. And it does not belong here. Like, it's one thing to say, you know, like Mexican culture or Latinx culture is here and it's a it's a different culture. Yeah, but it belongs here like more so than we do. It belongs here. You know, right, that culture. Right. It, it, it all comes from the, the Spanish conquistadors. Yes. yes. From the 16, 1500s. Yes. And this was Mexico before it was California. Yeah. You know, like, and so it's it's like a Native American, Mexican, Latin, Spanish. You yeah. Know. yeah. Right. And I I thought you were going to say I love the Armenians because I'm a big fan of lamb. Uh, <laughs> that too, honestly, no problem. <laughs> Except I've always, I and I've, I've always heard that like it's 
what's good about Armenian food is what the Lebanese gave them. Like I heard someone, say, a Lebanese person say this once. Well, of course, a Lebanese person yeah, would yeah. say that. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it was great when the Turks were marching the Armenians across Syria when they added, I don't know, Moroccan spices into the, <laughs> thanks so much for that. <laughs> yeah, yes. That is hilarious. Let me get some of this cumin. You know, <laughs> and I have to say that in I, I'm from outside of Milwaukee and Milwaukee is so German. And, and so Polish, yeah. yeah, yeah, that it has that sort of vibe to it too. Where you walk into a bar and you're like, it'll just be, it'll be literally like when I was a kid, it was, and I was in the bars, but no, uh, when I was, <laughs> I was a kid, and they would it's tell Milwaukee, we understand. I was yeah. weaned on Pabst and Hope. Yeah, the, the daycare is different there. <laughs> it's, but they would literally the the Polish guys would be sitting around telling each other Polish jokes, and if you were like. Well, that seems kind of mean to the Polish. They would all get mad at you. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, dude, seriously, you're not helping your own cause here. Right, okay. right, right. Yeah. That is, uh, the the prevalence. I always th- I always wondered if it was a regionalism of the prevalence of Polish jokes from when from my youth to where they don't even seem to be. Like I feel like. There were Polish jokes in Reader's Digest when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like where it was just so commonplace. And now they don't seem to exist. And it's always born out like it's also too like, oh, the the whole root of Polish jokes and and that they're, you know, not mentally capable is (laughs) is largely due to the fact that their intellectuals were slaughtered. Like, right. What a they, funny joke. Hilarious. Hard, hard. Right. And and I remember the justification, I think, was the they talked about the cavalry trying to fight the Nazi Blitzkrieg. Yeah. Th- with uh, the Polish cavalry against the tanks of the Nazis. Sure. And I was just like, yeah, that's not funny. That means yeah. that a bunch of dudes and a bunch of horses all were murdered. Yeah. <laughs> so- and also, too, the, who were like. Cavalry wise, one time at one point, one of the world's best. Right. One of the greatest. And then like, sorry, they weren't, you know, they didn't industrialize (laughs) to become a war machine. Shame on them. They were busy uh, drawing trees. Happy trees. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. uh, Polish was the other one in Chicago where there were, it was, it was absolutely striking that people along Milwaukee Avenue had lived in this country for 20 years and could not speak a word of English and were, yeah. and had a completely full life with work with and church and community family and, and community. Didn't you don't need didn't, English. Yeah. You don't need English. I, I'm going to the grocery store in Polish. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So good for them. I had uh, one of my, I worked in production uh, in the, while I was at film school, I started working right. in production in Chicago on television commercials and we were shooting a commercial with Mike Ditka and we had a production manager who was kind of a brown noser and he <laughs> overheard Ditka saying to his manager or whatever, oh, there's this restaurant, Staropolska. Is that around here? I'd like to try to see if we can go to that place. I, I always heard it was good. So he got, comes to me and says, uh, listen, I overheard Ditka say something about this restaurant. Maybe you can go find it. I look in the phone book because there's no computer. I look in the right. phone book. I, I see an address. I go to drive out to Milwaukee Avenue. And at this point, I don't really know the city that well. I grew up in, you know, Yorkville, okay. 60 miles west. Yeah. And I'm asking people on the street, do you know where Staropolska restaurant is? And it's just one person after the other of no English, no English, no English. 
And I finally found it just like by because I walk and there's a little tiny sign, Sarah Polska. Like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. And I, I ate there many times after because it was fantastic. <laughs> um, but I Good so work, I Jessica. get I use a I use a pay phone because again, no cell phones. Right. Get on a pay phone, call back and say, and it took me a while. I was like, cause I didn't know exactly where it was. Yeah, I found it. It's right here. Uh do you want me to get something to go? And he goes, No, no, we're almost done with lunch back here. And I was just like, it was one of many of those kind of errands. It is, but, yeah. But yeah, I the, got a good Polish restaurant out of it. You know what I mean? True. true. Went back and many, many times. It was fantastic. I so. was, I was just on Milwaukee. I don't know Chicago very well. I was raised. It is amazing. I just went to Chicago last weekend just to work with Maria Bamford, right? Yeah. And we were on Milwaukee Avenue at the Den Theater, and um, and I'm going to be back there again with Lori Kilmartin and April at the Lincoln Lodge. They're both on Milwaukee Avenue. Buy your tickets now. Get them now. They're not for sale. It's even. a one's over. Yeah. But the thing is, is um, the I I never I was raised literally to hate Chicago. Yeah. And it was such a weird thing. Like I had such a good time in Chicago for the first time because previously I had only worked the club there, right? The yeah. downtown club and the Rosemont club. And there it's a club that is, that has been there for, I don't know, 50 years maybe. Yeah. And they've never cleaned the place. Right. <laughs> and the, and the, uh, and the staff is infuriated and there's like the vibe is that you know people were raped in corners yeah and so <laughs> i was like no wonder i hated chicago i need to work other places yeah, yeah. <laughs> i yeah, went no on the kidding. architecture tour yeah. on the boat i went to a yeah. I went to a writer's museum i went to it's a beautiful city it's a it beautiful city yeah it was, the people were nice it was a it's delight probably, though that colloquial thing of like milwaukee is safe and manageable and chicago is big and scary you know right right and and chicago was so is so psyched about itself to, yeah because it's a cool city yeah and milwaukee is like well we're a cool city and you're like no no, you're a large, small town. And it's one of those one-sided rivalries, too, I'm sure. Right. It's you it's know. like the people in San Francisco all mad at Los Angeles yeah. and the it's people like in Los Angeles going, really, yeah. oh, I like, Los I like San Francisco. Why yeah. are you mad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful place to live. It's, you know. You've chosen wisely. Yeah, it is a delight. Good on you. You should be happy. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, when I moved to Minnesota to do stand up. One of the most confusing things because I was always from, a wise move. It was it was a wise move. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. And, uh, it's just like when I moved to Minnesota to get into show business, you know. Oh, completely. Actually, yeah. I started doing stand up in Madison, Wisconsin, and all of the other comics I started with moved to Chicago. Uh huh. And I was like, I'm going to move to where they're not. Yeah. It's, yeah. It wasn't that I didn't. It wasn't that they were horrible. It was just right. I was sick of hanging out with them. I bet. And also, it's easier to steal their jokes that way. Oh, so wink, good. You should, oh, my God. Eric Alver wore pajamas <laughs> um, on stage. It was his hook. <laughs> uh, no. OK, let's let's get into the biographical stuff. How many kids in your family? Six. Six. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. We wow. That's a lot of kids. And where do you fall? I'm the youngest. My the mother. Youngest. Yeah, my mother was a very, very Irish Catholic and just kept pumping them out. And um, and then and then I was born and then she died and I didn't kill her. Oh, wow. Yeah. So but I picture her, Andy Richter, in a in a heaven that has no children. 
That is her idea of heaven. There's not a there's not a ten year old. There's not an eight year old, a six year old, a four year old, a two year old, or a baby. (laughs) Everyone wipes their own whatever it is. Yeah, everybody. uh, She's just she gets to be sixteen. She gets to be twenty five. She gets to be thirty. How old was she when she passed? Thirty three. The age of Christ. Gosh, wow. Coincidence? Yes. Yeah, and John Belushi and Chris Farley. That's right. That's right. And I think also like Jimi Hendrix, there's like a bunch of 33s, maybe yeah. even Jim Morrison. Something about that. If if I were a age. numerologist, I would care. It's, <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, the thing is, she is, uh, yeah. So, I mean, she passed away and um, it was terrible, actually. It was a drug driving accident. And oh my, gosh. Um, my parents How old were, were separated. You then? I had seven. I was just turning eight. Yeah, yeah. And she was 33, just turning 34. And um, she had fucking six kids by 30, goddamn three. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah. I can't even. Oh, my God. Right. I can't right. even imagine. A, like, you're, right. You're just, your egg is just kind of getting cooked at 33. You right. know what you're, I mean? When I was 33, I literally had like a, uh, this sounds uh, hippy skippy, and it was. Uh, I had like a, like an epiphany year, right, where I was just like, "Am I going to go the way of my mother, or right. am I going to grow up? Am I going to?" Because I didn't have children. What I did was I had my essentially my mother's uh, youth, right? Like I got to party, I got to do yeah. stand up comedy, I got to go around and just have a good time and travel and live and, for yourself. Yeah, I live for myself yeah. and. When I was 33, I was like, well, this is where she died. Do I, you know, and I didn't, it wasn't conscious. I only realized after that year that I was like, well, this is the year. It was a big year of change for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I have four older brothers and an older sister. And one of my favorite stories is that my sister, when she was born, because it was four boys, then my sister and my dad's mom, my Armenian grandmother said it one time to my sister when she was like eight or 10, it was so great when you were born because I was like, oh, finally a girl, someone to take care of the boys. And my sister's <laughs> my sister goes, You're thinking of someone else. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Man, they really did good internalized misogyny back then. <laughs> right. It was just baked right into the oh, cake. They really yeah, from the get go. From yeah. the get. And yeah, it was uh, but everybody's uh, it's so funny because we were because my mother was literally such a, a child. Right. Yeah. Having a baby, having babies. And my dad was a baby. Not not like his his whole thing, like 50s dad. Right. Yeah. Where he was. She was 16, 17. He was 18, 19. Right. When they got married. Yeah. And um, and he joined the Navy and he would just give her his money. Every week, because that's right. what his dad did with his grandmother. Did, well, was he uh, stationed somewhere else or were they living together when he was? They were living Navy? together. Oh, OK. Yeah. And um, but he would literally like you raise the kids. Here's my check. I got to go. <laughs> and I, I used put to, aside ten dollars for beer and right. Right. Horse he, races. Or oh, whatever. my God. He would literally he my father's an aluminum siding salesman. Right. And so he sold awnings and stuff. There were. If you ever go around and see these awnings that have little spears on them where the spear is broken off on one of them. Uh-huh. They're called they were a they were a brand called Kenron and my dad would always talk about how he kept just a just a box of those spears in his back in his trunk. 
Yeah. And he would drive around if he was broke and look for broken spears and walk up to the house and literally just one off sell them for lunch money. Wow. Yeah. He was, uh, he's always working all, all the money to your mom. Right. Who, by the way, had no financial, she didn't have any financial skills. (laughs) Of course not. Right. She was a child. So she would essentially, um, she would send our laundry out. Cause six kids, right? Yeah, yeah. And when she ran out of money, she would just throw our clothes into the closet. And uh, there's several pictures of me where I look like I'm in like a a pillowcase, yeah, and a pair of tights. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and yeah. then when she got the next check, she wouldn't pull the clothes out and send them off to be clean. She would literally buy us new clothes. Wow. And so when she died, there was a closet full of. This is horrible, but rotting clothes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So she didn't know what the hell she was doing. And my dad just kept giving her money and she was like, okay. And that is such a a kid's way to deal with something. Very much. in there and it doesn't exist. It's gone. It's gone. Yep. 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 And so, um, yeah. And so she didn't, and my, and it was so funny because my, And when I say funny, I mean, (laughs) tragic, hilarious. But so my oldest brother was 14 when my parents separated and I was four. And one, my younger brother one time said this and he, he may regret this, but it's very funny because he said, you know, there was a fact, there was a leadership vacuum when dad left that Terry should have stepped in and taken over that leadership vacuum. Perry, your older, oldest. my oldest brother, yeah, yeah, and my brother Russ, who was eight at the time, uh, said Terry should have. There was a leadership vacuum, and I said uh, he did take advantage of that leadership vacuum. He got laid and started doing drugs and had the time of his life. <laughs> <laughs> he never had to be home. Right, right. Light. Yeah, he's a perfect fifties dad. Yeah, right. He was a fourteen-year-old boy yeah. who was like, "What? Okay." I'm yep. going to I'm going to sell drugs and get laid and going to hang out with my 12 year old brother. And, you know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, it was so funny because they both sold drugs and they refused to sell me drugs because I was their little sister. Wow. But they would sell it to other, you know, 12 year olds. Right. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Sure. And by drugs, is this just like shitty weed? Yeah, yeah, just shitty weed. And yeah, I yeah, think yeah. some, and maybe um, acid and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was the but, 70s. I'm 100 well, years old. No, I'm, I'm, it's the same. I mean, it was the same thing. Like the notion of like cocaine being around or heroin, it was, all, it was just weed and mushrooms and mm-hmm. acid occasionally. My brother all. Phil hilariously one time told me, he said that his biggest dream when he was about 14 or 15 was that he wanted to be a drug dealer of renown in South Milwaukee, <laughs> Wisconsin. <laughs> Aim high, bro. Exactly. And it's so funny because they all thought about joining the service as well when they turned 18. Yeah. And my father, to a person, like he told, I never thought about it, but uh, they told all, he told all of my brothers and my sister, he's like, you could just leave town, you know, you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to enlist. You can go find a shitty job shoveling sand for two fifty an hour, just anywhere in the yeah, world. Yeah, in Waukegan, <laughs> Illinois. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I don't know why, but it's anecdotal day here, Andy. Okay. Richter, because yeah, sure. This is fun. Christmas. I'm 19. I'm home from college because uh, uh, my brother Russ and my sister Darla were like, you're going to college. And we were the first three to go to college. My, okay. And so. And where'd you go? 
I went to Madison, University okay. of Wisconsin. And so, um, but I'm home for college. For some reason, I'm the only one at the house. My dad comes home Christmas Eve. My mother, my stepmother is working Christmas Eve. She's a hairdresser. And my father remarried, by the way, right away because he had six children to take right, care of. Right, right, sure, sure. And uh, so, but my stepmother's working Christmas Eve. My dad comes home in the middle of the day and I was like, hey, dad, do you want to go get a cup of coffee or something? And he goes, I'm going to the track. You want to come to the track with me? And I said, is that going to be our father-daughter moment? He's like, <laughs> I'm going to the track. You are welcome to come with me. And He's so, got a good point. <laughs> you know? Right. So we get in the car. I think we're going to the track, Andy Richter. We are not. We're going to an off-track betting place in Waukegan, Illinois. <laughs> the saddest concrete bunker yeah, like the DMV, but sadder. <laughs> no windows. Yeah. The saddest 50-year-old dudes I've ever seen in my life, all just smoking. And Christmas Eve, and we're <laughs> sitting there. I lose $20 on horses that I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Um, and, and you can't even drink there either. There's a, I could. There, oh, no, I could not because it was 21. Oh, and I didn't know if there was a bar there or not because I, I was thinking maybe it was one of those ones that's just purely like, windows where you bet and nothing else there's no no there was a bar i wasn't actually um i went for the coffee my dad oh. had coffee i had coffee we had a cup of coffee together so i believe there wasn't a, a, a right bar. right right but every time i drank in front of my dad when i was 18 to 22 he would be like beer huh classy and i was like what <laughs> What happened? What did yeah. my where, to- where are we? Look around. It's fucking Wisconsin. <laughs> Am I supposed to have an old fashioned? Yes. Which is the which is what my stepmother used to drink. Yeah, yeah. A mimosa. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can't you tell my loves are growing? Well, did, now, speaking of stepmother, I mean, did you bond with your stepmother? I mean, did you, did the sort of the loss of a mother figure, how did that? She tried so hard. Yeah. She literally, Nancy Cation was both, I, w- I would put her up against anybody's biological mother for crazy and for trying. <laughs> that is a fucking, I'd buy 10 episodes of that. <laughs> Crazy oh and God. trying. Oh, my God. She tried so hard. 
completely unappreciated. But uh, except for my grandmother, she was like, she's and she saved your lives. She literally she was uh, I used to joke about how she was a great loss to the Austrian army uh, because <laughs> she was 26 when my yeah. father married her. My dad was 35. Wow. Um, my oldest brother was 17. And uh, so my oldest brother fucked off right away. Uh, and 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 went into you know looking drugs and uh, and and then eventually did he found move the, out or did yeah. he stay yeah well he they put him in juvie because he was such a mess for wow. the last six months of his of his childhood and then he never he never came back and he and he ended up finding Jesus and for the last forty years has followed the meanest Jesus I've ever met in my life, Andy. <laughs> I want I, I as I said well, to Terry Wisconsin Jesus. I was like, hey Terry, could you write a children's book called The Meanest Jesus? Uh, because <laughs> that's your Jesus, my friend. And he angry and trying to stop everybody from having so, fun and so mad. So yeah, mad. Yeah. And uh he Arizona started his own church. Anyway. Wow. Um yeah. Yeah, but he is hilarious. Uh, so, but Nancy literally charts, graphs, French corners on the beds. It was like we all, you had to be home by five, 5.30 was, she would, she would make us breakfast. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Monday and Wednesday were egg days. Tuesday and Thursday were pancake days. Thursday had fruit in the pancakes. She was the worst cook in the world. She hated it. Oh, wow. So the pancakes were wet. And I hated pancakes until I went to an actual diner one time and had pancakes when I was like 25. <laughs> I was like, no, pancakes are gross. Yeah. She she would overcook the Monday pancakes and undercook the Wednesday pancakes uh. <laughs> or th Tuesday, Thursday. And um, Friday you had cereal because she had to go to work. She worked like a 60 hour week. My dad, well, uh, there's a horrible, uh, horrible, hilarious joke I used to do on one of my old albums about how uh, she was having dinner with my dad and my dad had an affair with my stepmother for nine years. And you know what my dad had to say about it? Well, he was married to your mom while he was married to my stepmom. Wow. He had he had an affair for nine years. And when confronted, he had this to say, not nine years in a row. And you're like, that's funny. You're still a dick. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, wait. He was having an affair against your stepmother with just some other woman. Yeah. This oh, woman. Okay. uh what the hell was her name? Because he married her. Because here's what happened. So I go to college. I'm the youngest, right? Yeah. So they, my stepmother takes my grandmother, my dad's mom, and his mom. Uh, wait, his mom and her mom. They, all four of them, live together. Oh God. And for like two years, three years, where she takes care of them until they die. And wow. my dad's screwing around and he's doing, he's being his best self. And wow. so, uh, wow, talk about having to come to peace with your parents, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I just have the one dad, right? Yeah. So I have to find, I don't have to find things to like about him, but I have to find things to love about him. Yeah, yeah. And he's 84. And yeah. he Are they still married? Oh no, they got divorced and still live together like lesbians for wow. probably a decade or 12 years until finally uh Nancy figured out my stepmother figured out how to get him. And uh so he calls me and one day I'm talking to him he's like, "You know, she's going out with uh Bob Bob WW Bob. She's dating WW Bob." And I was like, Who's WW Bob, Dad? 
He's like, he's a window washer guy I've been playing cards with for 30 years. I can't play cards with him anymore. And I said, oh, good for her. Nice one. And then we find out that Bob owns a window washing company. He's not a window washer. And he's a 70-year-old man. So everybody's 70 and 60 by this time, yeah, right? Yeah, And um, And so finally my dad moves out. And Nancy moves in with Bob and Nancy, Nancy passed away probably 10 years ago now. And, um, and my dad continues to live just like, like my, just, and will live to be a hundred. Yeah. And so did but, you, did you continue? Yeah. I mean, did you, were you close to, to Nancy? Is Nancy yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Were you close yeah. to her throughout her life? And even yeah. after your folks, after they split, you still. Yeah. I was the only one who still really talked to her, but yeah. all my siblings would be like, how's Nancy doing? And I was like, you have her phone number. Yeah. Call yeah. her. But and she was she was so funny because she used to tell us when we were kids that she never wanted kids. Yeah. And then she would say, but but it's happening now. So we don't now we will all you will learn to do your homework. You will clean things. And then eventually we will love each other and no one will know why. Yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I swear to God, I get my sense of humor from Nancy Cation. Uh-huh. But, but I get my timing from Elliot Cation from my dad. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's always amazing to me when you think about the strides in mental health it, that are just sort of societal and how you don't really, I mean, it's still, crazy stuff still happens, but just not, like in our family, we, there, I had a relative who was married forever and yet his secretary was his mistress and everybody knew, and he sometimes got drunk at family gatherings and would sing songs about his mistress, like like little improvised parody songs. What? And, you know, and this is like Christmas gatherings and, you know, cousins standing around wow. just, and it's just so, it, it's not, it's so not that uncommon that there was right. this kind of madness. And then- the way people get enmeshed to where they get a divorce and live together for 12 years. Right. Right. That was, that's, that's just, crazy. Yeah. It's just like if they had just spent $12 on therapy, they would have probably been like, this is no way to live. Civilization. <laughs> this, is, this is not right. Civilization moves so slowly. Yeah. And, but you look, you can, the fact that, uh, I think it moves quicker because of television and because of the internet. Yep. That, that information, that, just spread of information. Yeah. Right. Has, has, has sped up the civilization process uh, exponentially. I think like yeah. uh, women's rights and then racial equality and just gay rights idea, are a gay, huge one. Gay Thinking rights. about how soon, how long ago, how not very long ago it was that, uh, how far we couldn't come. get married. Yeah. Now how it's far like, yeah. we've come from yeah. will and grace. Yes. And it's yes. just like will and grace. You look back at it and you're like, this is dumb and vaguely offensive occasionally. But for the most part, it was break. It was just making everyone yep. used to. Yeah. I watched just, the birdcage with my daughter the other day. And yep. holy shit. Is that like an insulting? The <laughs> son comes home and says, dad and dad. Hide your identities, you know, right. I love you, but you should be ashamed of your core selves. Right. The, and, and right. The love that you have for each other isn't OK. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. My husband was raised by lesbians, actually. Oh, uh, really? Like ground floor 
been together since he was 12. Wow. And, and he, he tells a story about how um, his stepmom had two kids and he his mom had a kid and the three kids all lived together. And about a year into it, their moms told them that they were gay and they said, yes, we knew. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of figured. You just have the one room. Yeah, anyway, yeah. and that's uh, not roommates. <laughs> and but it was but I do I it do was talking like about civilization uh, yeah. being sped up. And I, I interrupted you. Well, and, and, and like sexuality and gender. Right. You know, yeah. like all of the all of my friends, kids who are 13 to 20 are all they thems. Right. Yeah. And they're all they're like, well, am I transgender? And and I and I'm, you know, Aunt Jackie over here. Grandma education uh, is like what you're doing is you just want to be treated as you. Yeah. And then also trying to be an adult. Right. Yeah. And so I love they them. It's uh, it's it's a new bit that I'm it's on my new album. You guys get to it. But the uh, <laughs> so but the thing is, not, is not, not yet. Wait till not the yet. end. Wait till the end. And so but the 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 idea of. Of they them is such a great idea. And I get it. Like I, and there, this is, this is something I haven't been able to work in yet. But um, one of my friends, her 11 year old daughter came to her and was all sad and was crying about how she doesn't know what her sexuality is. And my friend was like, thank God you're 11. Uh, Please don't have any sexuality. Uh, And when you do, let it be when you're 18 and then you don't tell me about it. Uh, so how about that? But it, it's it's this whole thing of like, you know how you can't you can't cure someone of homosexuality or heterosexuality. Yeah. yeah. You will know what your sexuality is when you get the Peter tingles, man. Mm-hmm. You whatever that happens. And if it never happens, then you are asexual or whatever. Right. You'll figure out what your sexuality is as you. But. All, all the kids in the world that are in my life are just like, I just want to be me. I just, yeah. you know, and that's what I love about a they them because everybody really just wants a cup of coffee and a job or an apartment and for you to get the hell out of the way on the mm-hmm. highway. And, and to be looked at for their actual self, not as whatever sort of layover you put on them. Right. You know? Well, everyone's a stalk of meat. With a brain on top, and we all have different sausage casings, right? Uh-huh. That, that's the analogy, right? That, yeah, I, yeah. that I'm working with and on with the bit. Very and Wisconsin. Very Wisconsin. Please do not use the sausage analogy for cannibalism. Uh, <laughs> but we all meet the sausage casing. Yeah. We all go, oh, I wouldn't sleep with that sausage casing. I will only sleep with that sausage casing. Yeah. I hate that kind of sausage. And you're just like, no, meet the stock of meat with a brain on top who just wants a cup of coffee or a job or you to get out of the way. And then when it comes time to think about sexuality, because that's all gender. That's how you want to be treated, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want, because uh, when I was a little girl, and I was, this is uh, this is an actual, I, I warrant, well, we're on a podcast, fuck it. So here's the thing. When I was a little girl, I, because I, I, nobody says they, them more than me. I dress mm-hmm. like the men that I'm attracted to, mm-hmm. right? So when I was a little girl, I didn't always want to be a little girl. Sometimes I wanted to be a little boy, and sometimes I wanted to be an adult woman. And for mm-hmm. two solid years, I wanted to be fucking Snoopy. 
<laughs> and that's gender, right? I wanted to be Huckleberry Finn, Annette Benning, and Snoopy. <laughs> and that's how I wanted to be treated, right? Yeah, yeah. You're an adventure kid. You're an adult woman who's very put together. And yeah. you're Snoopy who gets to And you're this. id. You're pure id. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but I love... I love the they, them. It's just going to take a second for us to figure out how to talk to with about the syntax. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, and I mean, kids already get the hang of it. That's the thing. It's like my my oh. daughter's 16, my son's 20. That's not even an issue. They're, they've been, to them, this is, the, the, this conversation would be so tedious. It <laughs> would be like, it would be as if we were talking about like how to toast bread. Like, who gives <laughs> a shit, you know? Right. My, my, my daughter one time though, it is, funny because my son's out this is the will and grace this is the will and grace of of conversations Uh, (laughs) exactly i'm just i'm trying to explain it to old people yeah so Um, your um, your son go ahead yeah my and my son my son is gay and has been gay forever told us when he was young and then we like as you said we never talked about it again you know like we sort of you know it was like because it was like okay yeah that's your he told us and we're like all right and then he did not you know he made it very clear very clear no, you don't get any information from this part of my life. Cool. Fine. Get Please. it. Absolutely. But my daughter, my daughter, when I think she was maybe 11 and and my ex-wife picked her up from school one day and my, my daughter got in the car and she went, well, I guess I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> and then wouldn't say anything more. That was all she said. <sighs> like it was a burden. And it's so funny because it's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> sorry, right. honey. Well, sorry. exactly. Yeah, it's kind of boring. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah, you're yeah. the straightest you get, white cis kid that in the world. Right. And so also, too and also too, it's like, and I mean, there's lots of, lots of women comedians that make this joke. It's like, yep. And you gotta, you gotta be attracted to men. Sorry. <laughs> So sad, too bad. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to put up with men. Sorry. Right. Because and and it. But that isn't to say who knows what the hell. You know, I mean, I don't mean to. No, no, no. You're she's and and quite honestly, it's it's all it's also fluid, man. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And it It sounds so weird when people ask when I see people ask a little boy, you know, like there's like a six year old boy. I bet he has a lot of girlfriends like anyone still saying that nowadays. It's like. Wow. It's, and that's yeah. a huge shift, you know? That's a huge shift. Uh, and I, you know what I would like to go away? She's going to break a lot of hearts. Yeah, He's going to yeah, break yeah. a lot of hearts. You're like, so you're saying that my niece is going to be an asshole. Please Yes, stop. yes, yes. And <laughs> she'll be attractive, which means uh, she'll fuck people over. It's how it works. That's how it works. So yeah, yeah. sad too Okay, bad. buddy, you're not wrong, but just still, it's a baby. Right. She's a good looking kid. Please yeah, yeah. leave her alone. This isn't a French cinema. The, so. the worst the worst the worst person coming up since we're anecdoting. Uh the worst person the worst coming up to you and saying something about your baby thing we ever had was at like some outdoor restaurant in Malibu. My son was maybe a year old, was a big boy. Mm-hmm. And um and this lady came up as we're eating and said, how old's that baby? And we said, a year old. And she said, I knew it. My husband said that baby's two years old. I said, if that baby's two years old, there is something wrong with him. Okay. Holy. See you later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You okay, picking up the check, ma'am? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for planning that in our mind that our baby looks like a 
like it's like like a there's giant... something like an older baby with something wrong with oh, it. Great, that's, that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, Thanks, I don't lady. want any part. Of... <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes. so college stand yeah. up. Yeah. Stand up. Do you, do you have any other considerations of what you're going to do with yourself, or do you just think a lot of lot there's of so talk. much chaos going on? A lot oh, of by talk. The, yeah. uh, by the way, before we get to that, does how much of I mean, because you're living in chaos. That's fucking crazy chaos that you're living in. And I imagine it's easy to feel unmoored as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What? How does humor play into that for you at that time? Does it start to become a coping mechanism? It, mm. Not just for you, but for the group in general? In there, I remember. Uh, and this, this is going to sound more tragic than it is, but there was, I have very few memories before my mother died. Yeah. Mostly just me just blocking. And so, and that first year between eight and nine, I was a bit of a handful, but I was mm. trouble. I was trouble. I had, I would literally, I got in so many fights when I was a little kid, when I was about eight. And when Nancy took me over, I would run out of classrooms and go hide underneath the secretary's bed, a, a, a desk in the, in the, cause I knew they were going to send me to the principal anyway. Yeah. And yeah. so it weirdly enough, it morphed into um, a lot. And Nancy Cation was super sarcastic, very yeah. smart, very funny, but it was in most of her, sta- her, her jokes were, uh, were stand up. Most of her stand up was, <laughs> and she was a huge fan of stand up, by the way, her, uh, yeah. When when I started doing stand-up, she goes, you're not the funny one. Russ is the funny one. I was like, Russ doesn't get to be everything. Yeah. He doesn't get Sorry. to be the, He doesn't. Yeah. He's also the smart one and the, yeah. and the golden child. Tell it child. to Jesus. <laughs> exactly. But her, my Nancy Cation's favorite stand-up comedy, and she really liked it, was Norm MacDonald. Oh, yeah. And when she told me that, I was like, you know, I do stand-up. And, uh, <laughs> and she's like, uh, uh-huh. anyway, yeah, you yeah, should do it yeah, more right, like Norm. Right, right, right. Uh, sure. So, but the, um, but there was like, so I had a lot of sarcasm when I was probably in, in fifth and sixth. Yeah. I, I would say through probably fifth grade to ninth grade, I, my only coping me- mechanism was sarcasm. Yeah. And people thought that I was very funny. Uh, I didn't know it at the time. Like I went to some reunion and people were like, you are so funny in junior high. And I'm like, really? Okay. Mm. And then when I was in ninth grade, um, I learned what friendship was and I became, I, I literally, and literally a woman, a a coach. I I tried out for the track team and I read all the time. All I would do is read. And I read while I was trying out for the team. I read as I ran. My sister made me go out for things. She made me join things. Uh, my brother Russ and my brother Scott were both were uh, student council president and vice president in junior high. My sister was student council president in senior high. And so Russ and Darla were constantly making me do things. They're like, well, you're going to join debate class. You're going to take it. My, and my parents were like, you're going to take an instrument. Yeah. You're going to uh, be in the band. And, uh, and in junior high, I was like, I'm going to quit band because I don't like uh, the band director. And my sister's like, you're going to stay in band because the senior high band director is amazing. And she was right. Yeah. And she was like, you're going to go, you're going to learn, you're going to do this speech forensics thing. You're going to be in debate. You're going to be in student council. You're going to run for student council president. And I was like, please don't make me run for student council president. I'm not going to win. And, um, 
And my my sister's like, well, what do you want to do then? And I was like, I'm going to be the power behind the throne. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to join the school newspaper. And so I was editor of the school newspaper. And um, so she was like, that'll do, that'll do. You have to. And, but it was like, there was so much, they were such scammers, my entire family. Why do you think there was that high performing thing among them? I mean, you know, from, from do you think it was the shock of your mom going with, they I just think it was, were afraid of being rudderless? Well, I think with with Russ, he was Russ and Darla are almost the same person, except for they aren't right. Like, yeah, they, they were diametrically opposed politically for years until the world went fascist. And then yeah. my brother, who was very conservative, was like, well, that can't be a thing that I am. And so he kept moving this. You know, oh, he yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, my brother hasn't voted Republican since Obama, but wow. he still considers himself a, a Republican. Yeah. And he's like. I can't vote for that. I that yeah. chance. And he's well, God like, bless I, him. I want to be conservative, but these people are nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's, he's sane is what he is. And yeah. uh, it's a delight to be around him. <laughs> uh, but he, um, but they are both super overachievers, right? Like, yeah. And the fact that, um, and, my my father is very much a workaholic and literally speaks in sales talk and 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 numbers and quotas and 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 making the sale and closing the deal all the time. Yeah. So it was something that was ingrained, and so you were just like, well, obviously I have to achieve something. Obviously right, I have right. to close this deal, whatever. And he didn't care what you did. Right. Uh, he was like, I was like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. And he was like, well, you might as well try because I'm going to make funny either way. Either you're gonna you're gonna be successful, and I'm gonna call you a big yeah. shot, or you're not gonna be successful. I'm like, well, that didn't work, did it? Right. But in either case, uh, you should try. Yeah, you should pick which way I'm going to make fun of you. <laughs> right, and so like my sister was the only nine year old I think I've ever heard of that used to look at the those. Remember in the in the grocery store there'd be those those newsprint housing, yeah, uh, like classified ads, yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah. would get those, her hands covered in black newsprint as she would go through when we were, she was like nine or 10 going, I would buy that house. And I'm like, are you planning on moving? And she's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not living here. What are you nuts? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'd like, well, you, cause we shared a room. We all, we were stacked like cordwood because yeah, there was only yeah, like yeah. a two bedroom, three bedroom. And she was like, are you going to, I was like, so you're going to move out. And she's like, you can come with me. And uh, <laughs> at nine, at nine, yeah, I'll need someone to sign the loan with me. <laughs> right? She's like, I gotta need some. And literally, when she was eighteen, she moved out of the house, and she got this job. My sister's gay, and we found out that she was gay when she was appointed to the gay rights. Um, when she was nineteen, she was on the gay rights committee for the state of Wisconsin. Oh, really? Yeah. She was probably just an intern or something like that, but she was in one of the, it was a listing, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, she made me, she volunteered me to stuff envelopes for John Anderson in 1980. Uh -huh. Yeah. And she's like, take two buses to downtown at 10 o'clock at night. We're stuffing envelopes. We're making calls. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> she Liberal does it to Republican. her. Sounds good. It's, uh, she does it to her children to this day. She's like, really? you got to learn how to do a mailing. And uh, <laughs> they're like 11 and 14. Yeah. Well, you know what? God bless her, though, for like, yeah. you know, pushing you. Because 
<laughs> I, I I do think, I mean, I do feel like I, I don't like pushing my kids, but I do feel like I wish I had pushed them more. Just, well, you know, it's you're, you're, t- you're lost in that sort of, you don't know what to do. You're lost in that sort of thing of like, well, do I respect their wishes or do I ignore their wishes? And it's a that the where the border of those two things, what's the correct procedure? It overlaps a lot and it can be very sort of messy. So it's like, yeah, all right, you don't want to play Little League, but uh, you really should go to computer camp or what, right. you know, whatever. Right. Do you have any tiny, like my brother Russ's kids, if they had any tiny interest in anything, he would like, oh, you're going to baseball camp. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, oh, I'm going to hire this guy to teach you how to pitch. Yeah. Uh, they are not athletic, my, my yeah. nephews. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my loves are growing? So stand up. When do you start to think this is what you're going to do with yourself? I literally did never. We never watched it when I was a kid. Yeah. I never saw it. Nancy would occasionally, when I was in high school, she would occasionally go out with friends to go watch stand up. And I was like, what is it? And because uh, she genuinely liked it. And um, there's a guy who still does stand up who met my stepmother when he when I was in high school. He's slightly older than me, right? Yeah, He's probably five, ten years older than me, maybe. And um, I go to college, and at college, I don't know why I'm going to college. I'm just going, right? So I take yeah, yeah, all these yeah. classes. My brother Russ picks all of my my classes for a semester. He picks. He's like, "Well, you have to do this. I did this wrong. We're going to do this. I got a five credit C." in science because he picked me a lab yeah. and uh, I, I took fifth semester Latin because he's like, you'll get retro credits. And I told my Latin teacher in high school and she was like, she almost burst into tears. She's like, you're not good at Latin, Jackie. And uh, <laughs> I got to see in that too. Uh, um, I had to take French eventually. Now, but- could you stand up for yourself in any way and say, I don't want to do this before he makes you take these classes or was that just not the dynamic at that it point? It did not. No, that was, that is an excellent question. Cause I never did. Yeah. Yeah. You just were used to it. I was just used to it. And I was like, okay. Like yeah, he found yeah. me, I stayed in a women's co-op. Uh, he found me my housing. Uh, Darla was like, you have to fill out all of the grants and, and, and loans. And she had filled out all of the grants and loans by herself. Wow. And Russ and Darla helped me fill them out. Right. And she actually had to go to my dad because my dad was still claiming her on his taxes. And taxes. she was like, you have to refile, dad, because I'm not yeah. getting the loans and grants I need. And he's like, well, why don't I just give you money? And he's like, and she goes, no, I will turn you into the IRS. And uh, <laughs> so he refiled. And then he claimed me. And 
Darla was like, tell him to refile. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. And Russ was like, just make him give you money. And so, uh, which is what Russ did. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, my dad just gave me money one year, one year. Right, and then right. the next year he did not claim me. So, uh, cause he got caught. My father's excellent once he gets caught. And um, <laughs> the, uh, but the, the, I, I, the first year I go to college, I just go and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Second year, there's a comedy club that opens in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, owned by Sam Kinison's brother, Bill Kinison. Okay. And so uh, it's in the basement of essentially a Coke front um, on State Street, a pool hall, and just, it's 1984, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I... My friends from the from the dorm are like the, the co-op are like, all right, let's go see some stand-up. We sit in the second row. Sam Kinison's on stage. Um, I don't know how to be out in public. Uh, I have friends <laughs> at this point. And uh one of the and things And he's a we, big deal at this point, right? Right before Letterman. Wow. Right before he blew the hell up, but he was a yeah, big yeah. deal. He was a cult favorite. Yeah, people knew who he was, though. Yeah. Right. And so I heckled Sam Kinison. Because uh, I was drunk. You did what an asshole! Classic. This is an, it is an indictment. Every time I'm heckled, I'm just like JK. <laughs> it is, <laughs> and so he can't shut me up. There's absolutely nothing worse than a woman heckler, even if you're a woman comic, even if it's me, uh, because for some reason the audience is on the side of the woman heckler. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. And so. Uh, eventually the manager has to come over to me and tell me to shut up. And, uh, he, and, and in the course of that, he says, open mic is on Sunday, shut up. And so three weeks later I go to open mic. Wow. And I, I swear to God, I've never done heroin, but I, it, 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 it's gotta be exactly what heroin feels like. Wow. That first time. And you did well that first time I did stand up every day. Wow. For eight months until the club burned down. Thank God it was insured, Andy. Uh, <laughs> so every day I got a 1.8 that semester. Wow. Yeah. And so that, so what do yeah. you do with that? What do you do? You say, fuck this college. Shit? Uh, yeah, I tried yeah. to. And my sister goes, yeah, no, you yeah. have to graduate. Right. She's like, it's just three more years. And I was like, and then <laughs> the a next 19 year old. Yeah. 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 You know. Just and three more years. Just three more years. Yeah, just and almost a quarter of your life. <laughs> and so I stuck it out and I did, I did the, uh, essentially there were open mics because there was no, the, then there was no club. Two years later, there was a club that started that it was a, it was like a funny bone or something. And mm-hmm. um, that guy didn't know that I did stand up for the eight months before that. And his name is Victor. And I think I ran into him the last time I was in Madison because now there's an amazing club, weirdly enough, owned by the guy who owned that building that that Sam Kinison's brother's oh, wow. club was in. And whatever. So by the end of it's college, fine in the, in the fire, had yeah. enough to keep going. Yeah, he got. Uh, he owns most of State Street at this point, and oh, okay. the guy that owns Comedy on State, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's is actually a really good guy. And yeah. um, but the so I graduate from college, I. Decide I, I I decide to do like one of those Europe things for six months. I do it poorly. Mm-hmm. I go I go to to England. I get a dumb job. I do stand up once, twice in England in London, at an open mic. Um, and then I move to Minneapolis, and I start over in 1990. Right? Because mm. when you move to a new town in stand up, 
you have to reinvent the wheel a little bit. Yeah, you're yeah. lucky if you're funny because then the wheel is greased a little faster. Right, sure. But you can't have a lot of ego with it because you're like, well, I was a big deal in Madison, Wisconsin, and now I'm in Minneapolis. And they're like, nobody knows who you are. And then yeah. when I moved from Minneapolis to LA, I had to reinvent the wheel again. The same thing, yeah. And they're like, but I did it. You know, I've been doing it for a long time. And, you know, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, well, but when you think about it, it's like I always think whenever in in my career I've been shooting something, working on something as an actor and I have a note, you know, like and I and I'm very sparing with them when I'm an actor. I know the protocol, you know, like if I'm a producer or writer on something, I'll pipe up. But if I'm just visiting or if I'm just there to say the words, I I keep it to myself most of the time. There are times when it does something comes through and I think this is going to affect the whatever or it's affecting the, my ability to do my thing. So I'll have this note. And sometimes, the, I, I mean, I have a authority figure thing anyway, but like when people, like the worst thing is <laughs> when they kind of placate me or humor me or pat <sighs> me on the head for having an idea. It makes me fucking furious Right. But that, it was and because I like, you look like such a you look like such a nice guy. Like you look like the support guy. And you're just what? like, yeah, but the brain inside of me yeah. is, a, is actually a leader. Well, so fuck and, off. <laughs> thank you. And also, too, it's like I've been doing this a while. Like I, I kind of know the way things work. So, yeah, tr you can trust me. I know like I have a better ending for this bit or whatever. <laughs> right. You know, and uh, but then I think. Like, yeah, but if I were that guy and some actor that I didn't know very well uh, had a note for me, like say it was just like just picking someone off the top of my head, like Mandy Patinkin came in with like a comedy note for me. I would be like, uh, wait, what are you talking to me? Like I, uh, inside, I'd be like, Mandy Patinkin, I, I think I got this. Yeah. yeah this I don't is, need your input. This is you know? the one thing. Yeah, and I'm just picking him as a for instance. Yeah, you know, it doesn't I mean, I, I, he's a wonderfully talented actor. But mm -hmm. in my area of like, hey, I got a note for how this could be funnier. <laughs> you know, there's very few people that I'll that can come up and that I'll. I mean, I'll be <laughs> the exact same to all of them, but my interior monologue will be very different from person to person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the anybody you know the the. The basic rule in stand-up is if you have a tag or you want to punch up somebody, you can you can offer it if you can do it well. Do you hear that yeah. train in the background, by the way? I do. I'm so I sorry love the sound of trains. That's all right. No. Okay, good. And uh, but the um but the the way you do it is important. You yeah. say, like, I think the first God dang it, I always forget his name. Who is a an amazing comic. Uh, he always played like the principal in Disney movies. Oh, He's, Larry. Uh, yes. Larry Miller. I Larry think. Miller. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So the first yeah, time I the, see the like you open officious prick, uh, you know, the dictionary to officious prick. And there <laughs> yeah. he is because it just he plays it so perfectly. You Perfect. Know? And yeah. so I I emceed for him in 92 yeah. Right. And so I wrote a tag to one of his jokes that was literally when I look back on it, it was a joke. It didn't have it was topical. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't have any length to it. But uh, but I had been taught how to sort of offer 
a, a tag or a punch up of so, of somebody else's work, right? right? Which is hands up, show me your hands, show me your hands. You're not yeah. you're not armed. And I was like, I have a tag if you want to your. Um, and it was uh, the Navy had opened a new base in a landlocked state. Yeah. And uh, my tag was hell of a portage. Yeah. Which in Minnesota, everybody portages. Everybody knows it's a <laughs> weird canoeing portages. joke. Sure, sure. <laughs> right. And so I was like, I have a tag. Obviously, take it or leave it. Um, And and so whenever I t- do any tag anything, I'm just like, I have an idea, a tag or, a, or an angle. Yeah. Do what you want with it, obviously. Because sometimes people will want to tag stuff that's so done. Yeah. That joke is on an album. I can't. Right, right, you, right. You Please don't make me yeah. think about that joke. We don't need anymore. to rewrite that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of albums, how many albums do you have now? Um, I have four, and the new one is coming out November 16th. Okay. Uh, and um, also a video, also a special, you know, fancy 4K, and it'll all be Ooh. on 800 Pound Gorilla. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't fancy. afford the 5th K, eh? Couldn't afford the fifth K. It was five G though, and uh, so <laughs> wait, you, but you wait. You said something. Gorilla is that the name of? Yeah, eight hundred pound gorilla is the album. Is the label, uh-huh. the, and the and it is, and that we're gonna use. They're gonna have the the video on their website, and it'll, and if somebody eventually wants to buy it and put it on, whatever, uh, they can do that. Okay, because I don't I don't know. The business side of it is not my strong suit. I'm okay yeah. at it. Uh, I'm better at it than some people. Worse at it than other people. Yeah, but, yeah. And but you know what? You get what you get. So yep. and and I'm pretty psyched about the album because it's been five years since I've had another album. Because two years we had pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to work on the album on Zoom shows mm. and it was good. I mean, it was all right. But then I had to, I spent 10 weeks work, reworking the timing for live audiences. Sure, sure. And then we shot it and film, and recorded it in Acme. It's called Staycation. Okay. Get it? Huh? I Come get on. it. That's a you, vacation, but you don't go nowhere. Right. And here's the good news about the name of that is people are going to know how to pronounce my fucking name. Uh, yeah. Because people like to ethnic it up. They like to right. cash in it. They like to cash in. Cashian. Cashinian. 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 They like to put extra syllables. Go yeah. Ahead. Well, what's next for you? Where are you going now? I mean, do you have any uh, plans have to dreams. take over the world? Where are your dreams? dreams? What are your I got, dreams? Cashin? I got dreams. They involve me learning how to do uh, voiceover stuff because I got to do a little bit of that during the lockdown and it was super fun. It's really fun. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I'm wearing sweatpants. Yeah. So uh, good times. I, you know, the podcasts are super fun. Then um, and I like the Dork Forest a lot. And I like the Jackie Laurie show is is always a hilarious. It's a very funny show. Yeah. Laurie Kilmartin. Nobody Nobody riffs. Nobody riffs like yeah, Kill Martin. Yeah. She shuts well, you down. Also, you, you guys, it's also, I always love things when, and I think this is what people liked about me and Conan. They like watching a relationship. It's not just, you know, like, like David Letterman and Paul Schaefer. Like, yeah, there's a relationship, but it's not really a relationship right. that's on display. The last you know? six years, you have watched Lori Kilmartin and I, or listened to Lori Kilmartin and I, actually become friends. Yeah. And it yeah. is. Yeah, and the way that you compliment each other, you know, like, you know. There were different comics. Yeah. And that that was the, one of the reasons she wanted to start it, because a lot of people think that women comics are all the same, you know? Yeah. That, and, um, 
and it's unfunny if that's what you mean right the same but not good yeah and, uh, <laughs> not but, funny how about that how about oh, that yeah it's brutal but but her stand-up is so much different than my stand-up and uh and they're both you know excellent w- works of the genre yeah and yeah. um and so she has a new album out too called Corset that is super dark. She's uh it's called Corset. Did you know that? I didn't even know this. It's called that because she was being squeezed to death by her mother and her son. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, she's become like the death comic, the dead relative comic. <laughs> right, right. Nobody right. writes a good dark joke like her yeah. except for Bamford. Ma- Maria's oh, mom yeah, died yeah, too. Yeah. And uh Maria's dead mom jokes are very very the, one of my favorite ones is something about how her mom was talking about how she lost weight in the last two years of hospice. Uh-huh. And she's finally under her Weight Watchers goal. And um, and Maria makes some crack about how coffins will all eventually fit. <laughs> and her mom goes, that's not a good one, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's run it by the crowd. <laughs> so there's I mean, there's there's a, there's a personalness to everybody's stand up comedy that makes it just a delight. That's what I love about stand up, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, do you think is it kind of just steady as she goes like at this point or is there like a script you're dying to do or, you know? Well, I mean, I I have always liked the idea of some sort of, you know, sort of like a dramedy about my dad and my stepmother. Cause I mm-hmm. thought that that would be, you know, when everybody, when, remember the year that there were sitcoms where everyone was moving in with a, there was an odd couple kind of sitch where mm. people would move into weird with their weird. I always wanted to move in with my weird parents. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other, you know, like I have so many, I mean, I have plenty of ideas, you know, I had like a bosom buddies, meets um the hell was it it was it was oh it was like a latin version of it where two um two uh young mexican women have to dress like men so they can live at the y yeah because of the housing problem in la yeah yeah (laughs) so and then they worked at like a closed captioning company it was all very (laughs) it's all very yeah, like, and then I, I always wanted to do a movie with like Wanda Sykes or somebody else where I was, it was like an action movie where we both worked at Target. Yeah. Um, and and then we, we home alone it and like fought the good fight against right. the bad guys with like Nerf guns and stuff. Right, right. But, In Target you know, after hours. And at some point I would get to cock a Nerf gun and go, you're a hard target. And then there would be a love interest with like the pharmacy guy. I think actually Lori would be really good in that. Yeah. So I have, you know, I have ideas and stuff like that. And, but, and I, but I want to do, you know, stand up is something I'll always do. Yeah. Um, voiceover stuff and video games and, and, um, and I want to write novels. I actually, I, and I want to have written a novel, Andy Richter, mm-hmm. uh, writing a novel quite hard. Quite difficult. Right. Yes, Brian, yes, yes. Brian Kiley has written a novel. Yes. Uh, it's looked like a lot of work. It does. Anyway, and uh, so. It takes a lot of attention, like focused attention in one place at for an extended period of time. And that has never been my strong suit. Right. So, I mean, there's, I want to do all the things, you know, but I, I know who doesn't want, you know, like Kumail 
where like mm-hmm. a team came in and made him hot. Right, well, right. Feel free to come in and make yep. me hot. I kind of, I have kind of given up hope on that one. <laughs> I'm kind of like, I think I'm turning 55 in a couple of days. Yeah, probably that. Happy that, birthday. That ship is sailed. Thank you. It's uh, uh well, but you know. uh, yeah, you know, you never know. They might need, <laughs> I don't know, like right. there might be, you know, they might need a new Brian Dennehy, uh, <laughs> you know. My my brother, Russ, who watches it and listens, uh, he was just like, I love Andy Richter. He's like, he's somewhere between Tom Hanks and Jack Black. I mean, he could do any of those gigs. <laughs> well, that's and, nice. And I was like, that's, that's a, I, I would, that's a great yeah. casting I, suggestion. I, I, is he interested in uh, getting publicist work? Because <laughs> I could use a publicist. Well, what do you, um, what is a Jackie Cation known now that you like, she really values and, you know, as opposed to the young JK. Coming out of Milwaukee. Coming out of Milwaukee. It's, I actually, I know the value of, of other people. Yeah. More than I do. The, you know, the, the, the definition, like I've never, I've never been one of those comics who's been able to define success. Mm -hmm. And I think I can now, you know, like, cause I, there's no end game. And I think that that's because I come from salespeople, Right. Yeah. With with salespeople, you don't stop selling ever. Just churn and burn, yeah. That that's you're always just looking for the good leads. Yeah. And if you get the good leads, then you'll sell and you'll make some money and you'll get to go and play blackjack or, you know, ride a horse or you go know, to the, do, go to Waukegan to the right, you, get, you know, yeah, to you the get OTB. To, right. You get to you get to take a kid to a zoo. I don't know, <laughs> but you buy a bike. The but the but it it my my version of success is very different and I still want to do all the things that anyone would let me do. Yeah. But I know that I've already achieved. Like my life is amazing. I live yeah. indoors. Uh, my husband is a decent human being who I learn from continually, though. Yeah. Sometimes I have to remember what I liked about it. Cause I take advantage of, I, I take for granted the things that when we first got together that made me want to hang out with him. Yeah. Now, now I take all of those things for granted. I'm like, well, he should be smart. He should be nice. He should be funny. <laughs> he what should else be entertained he? all the time. What else is he, what's he done for me lately? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, calm down. How right, about right. those three things are great. Right. And we just keep going with that. And yeah, then you don't want new Coke. Stick <laughs> with the old Coke. <laughs> Right. And I get to do stand up and I would like to do, you know, I would love to get into the fancier level of that. But yeah. uh, I also know that the way that I get to like I get to open for Maria. And when you open for Maria Bamford, you get to write with Maria Bamford, mm-hmm. which makes my stand up better. Yeah. Yeah. And we're friends. So we also get to hang out. And so you're not driven mad by some feature who is mad that he's not headlining. Right, and right. then uh, then I get to feature for Brian Regan, and I get to be rem- I get to watch Brian Regan, and I get to see re- be reminded what silly smart comedy looks like. Yeah, yeah, and be inspired by that. So that's what I that's what I've learned. I've learned like the difference, like the I have, I've I've learned to define success when yeah, I never yeah. knew what it was. Right. You think that's just from like the chaos of your childhood, thinking like you're on your own. Although you weren't really, you had all that sibling support, you know. Which was, probably felt more less like support and more like being raised as an agricultural product. 
<laughs> right. I will say this. It was support. We were yeah. raised to literally, it was like, you had to, it was, there, there was, there were like sayings and stuff that were dumb where you're just like, you have to, well, we're family. You have to support each other first. And you're just like, I don't have to support you if you hit me in my face. <laughs> it's like a couple of my brothers were a little violent because my mother was violent. Right. Yeah. And they've had to learn how to deal with their anger. Just like yeah. everybody's going to learn how to deal with their anger. You know, if everyone can pause before you punch somebody, everybody else wins. It's a and, big, yeah, it's a big win for the world. For the right. planet. Yeah. Yeah. And yourself, because then you don't get locked up because you're an adult. Yeah. Because uh, there's no hitting in grown up land. Uh, I uh, I put hands on a on a um, on a, a heckler who had backed me into this corner after the show. And as soon as I touched the guy, he looked exactly like Leonard Brezhnev, by the way. <laughs> but as soon as I touched the guy to push him away from me, I was like, oh, that's me. That's on because he right, all right. he was doing, he was threatening me by getting super close, but not touching me. Right. Right. But then I was backed up against the wall. And then I was like, you got to get away from me. And so I push him away from me, at which point security comes over. They should have come over a little sooner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I was like, I get it. Red card. I'll take myself off. Yeah. Yeah. And so then. But so as soon as I touch the guy, it's like, OK, I know it's my, that's yeah, yeah. on me. Security was probably seeing if you would handle it, you know, yeah, just on your that's, own. That's unfortunate since that guy was 6'3". <laughs> and, uh, and and like I said, looked like Brezhnev. Yes. He could have <laughs> grabbed onto his eyebrows. Uh, <laughs> steering, yeah. steering, steering him away. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for taking the time to be on this. And, Thanks for um, having me. Once again, the album's out November 16th, did you say? November 16th. And It'll it's be everywhere. Staycation. Yep. Everywhere and, you get uh, albums. All right. Your albums. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I'll see you around campus. And uh, and and we will be back next week with more of this, whatever you, this is. I've got a big, big love for you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Your Wolf production. It is produced by Lane Gerbig, engineered by Marina Pice, and talent produced by Galitza Hayek. The associate producer is Jen Samples, supervising producer Aaron Blair, and executive producers Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Make sure to rate and review the three questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. Can't you tell my loves are growing? Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.